Hello, everybody. It is great to be here one more time today. And my name is Gary Fowler. I'm the president and founder of GSD Get Shit Done Venture Studios, a premier AI and quantum venture studio located in the heart of Silicon Valley. We believe that intellectual capacity is evenly spread around the world, but opportunities are not. And so with that, I have my incredible guest, Nicole DeMeo, today. She's a CMO on demand. She's a strategist. She's an entrepreneur. She works with the disenfranchised, the uh, very focused on female entrepreneurs and, and making a dent. So with that, I'd like to introduce Nicole. Hi, Nicole. How are you today? Hi, Gary. I'm doing really well. It's super nice to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you. It's been a while. So I got a question for you. When you were working at Apple in 1996, was Steve <laughs> Jobs there in Apple? Oh, well, I got to work with him at Next. Oh, and, really? Yeah. And how was that? Oh my gosh, it was completely mind blowing. Um, you know, so much of what I learned during that time, um, I literally bring with me today into everything that I do. Um, yeah, so I came in, I was actually on the agency side and then I got a fateful call saying, hey, Nicole, do you wanna interview for the global head of communications for Next, reporting into Steve Jobs directly? And um, I said, absolutely. And they gave me a few milestones and hurdles that I had to do. We launched Web Objects. I don't know if you remember that product, um, but it was- well, That's a, a long time ago now. Yeah, yeah, it was the, you know, a pretty solid foundation of the commercial internet. Um, and a lot of the, you know, original e-commerce platforms were based on it. And a lot of people don't realize, but, you know, Apple bought us not only for our operating system, but also for, you know, web objects and what we were doing um, to, you know, build the, the back end of the commercial Internet. So, yeah. And then I worked on the deal. I was one of eight people that worked on the deal to sell next to Apple and bring Steve Jobs back to a place where he could make all the global impact that he did, you know, um, in the years after. So, well, that's, so, but you only stay with Apple like seven months, right? Yeah. So they didn't realize what they bought. Um, and they, I, I needed to write speeches. So I traveled all over the world and, you know, and I, I helped build the, you know, the executive brands for a lot of the next executive team members, because the world didn't really know who we were and the value that each of the leaders were bringing. And Avi Tavanian being one, the CTO, and um, and they just didn't know, you know, what they had. And so um, I traveled all over. I, you know, made sure that the communities that were, you know, and customers were thought of and taken care of in all the communications and speeches and whatnot. Um, and it was really a, a thoughtful path, uh, you know, admittedly to get the next executive team into those places of leadership um, in Apple, which eventually did happen. So pretty well, amazing. How, how was Steve Jobs to work with, Nicole? Was he easy? Um. You know, he always had the highest standards, mm -hmm. right? Of anyone I've worked with, and I've worked with incredible leaders, and I am to this day, um, 
but he, he always had the highest standards. And so it made me exponentially better in everything that I did because, you know, he always said you have to come to the table with, you know, a frame of reference and like three, you know, solid points of reference. Um, so it was always very thoughtful and well-researched when I came to him and, um, but he scared the heck out of me. I'll be totally honest. Like, I'll never forget the very, literally my first day, there was a deal that happened. We had, I had to write a press release that day, you know, come up with the whole media strategy. And there wasn't anyone else in the organization because they weren't working as late as I was to run it past. So I had to send it straight to Steve. And I'll never forget the day I hit send, um, you know, and didn't have anyone to bounce it off of. And, you know, he came back and he said, this is really good. Did he talk to you directly or did he write you an email? Um, in that particular situation, he sent an email back and said, you know, this is really good. And I found out later from colleagues that that was also pretty unprecedented that, you know, he he didn't have a lot of changes to what I did. But I had, you know, I had my weekly meetings with him and I I could only bring three things to him every week for his consideration. And it's really interesting because it had to be beneficial to the company, obviously. But also, you know, we were working with somebody who had a pretty significant personal brand. And I was on the team to help him build his public profile in a positive way again. And I, that was a real honor, Gary, to be able to do that. And he was absolutely lovely and supportive and family oriented and all these things that just don't aren't said as often they were of course said at his memorial um and his life celebrations of which there were many many and you know all the people came out of the woodwork saying how much he showed up for them um in times of need or you know not you know, um, yeah. And, and, you know, did he have a strong personality? Absolutely. But, you know, that's okay too. Um, and, you know, as long as you're treating people with dignity and respect, which I always did see him do that. And that was just my personal experience. Wow, right? That's amazing. Cause I had Daniel Kotke on the show. Oh, so, right. <laughs> so I had, he was his roommate. He went to India with him. He went to Reed College with him. And I heard some other sides of the story. Just very interesting. You know, well, um, guess what? The good news is we all get to grow up and mature, you know? Yeah, and yeah no, it's interesting, though. You, know, you did it. So when you did that, Nicole, when you did that, so you had worked at Hewlett Packard for a while, too, correct? No, actually, Hewlett Packard came a little later. And that was, I was consulting to HP. Uh, yeah. And those were during the Carly Fiorina days. So, you know, another time working with um, someone who had a complicated personal and executive brand and um, the organization was going through some pretty significant changes, um, you know, with the commercial Internet and in HP really stepping up in terms of their enterprise play. So, yeah, that was 
you know, after my days at Next and Apple, I figured I knew everything. <laughs> and so I started my first consultancy um, and uh, brought on actually five clients who were Next customers, um, all wow. CEOs I had worked with. And, um, and then I sold that to Organic during the dot-com boom. But yeah, that was my trajectory. And then HP came a little later when I was consulting to them. Well, that's that's interesting. So you yeah. started, uh, you were co-founder and CEO of Kamikaze? Yeah, Kamikaze Pop. Yeah, you know, along the way, I found an incredible market need. And that was for teens and tweens to have, you know, content and books. And so we had um, an anime and a manga um, pop culture venture. And um, yeah, Kristen Green um, was, you know, going to invest in it. And I had seed funding from um, Phil Schlein, who was who was on the board of, of Apple and um, when he was the CEO of Macy's during its massive um, growth time. So yeah, that was a, that was a fun little blip, right? Wow. You know, you got, and then you were at uh, turning point solutions. Yeah. Yeah. So that was after um, organic. So I sold my first consultancy marketing strategy, consultancy and technology uh, focused company to organic and um and during organic that was during the whole dot-com boom so we were developing the positioning messaging and websites and inventing a lot of the digital technologies that use digital marketing technologies you see today um at organic um, for you know really big brands um and so it was federated department stores. And I mean, we even, we worked on Webvan and Marvel Comics and I got to meet Stan Lee. And oh, how was that? That was super lovely. What a, what an incredible man. Um, yeah, just what an incredible, you know, just mind blowing <clears throat> creativity. And he was always in service of the audience you know, and I think that, you know, really um, produced incredible magic. Um, so, yeah. Uh, did you get his autograph? Yeah, I do. I have it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so you went Turning Point, you went yeah, to Score Loop for yeah. a couple of years, and they uh, rim bought it, right, for $71 million. Yeah. And you were doing strategy and marketing there. Yep, you're exactly right. And those were kind of the earlier days of the multiplayer online games and mobile games. And so I got to help pioneer um, that and bring it to market, which was really exciting. Yeah, well, I, we hope you got, I hope you got some stock options on that deal. I did a little bit, you know, not a ton. The founders held those shares as well as the VCs held those shares close oh. to the best. But um, but that's okay. I got I got the ride, and I I got a little bit nicer, you know, car out of the deal, if you will. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, what have yeah. you learned? Like all the startups you've been involved in, what's important for somebody that goes into a startup? What should they know that people don't think about going in? I mean, like stock and you know the culture. What should they know going into it? What are some of the the signs that um, 
you know, that you you need to look for when you're going into that startup? Yeah, you know, it's interesting that, you know, you asked this question because I was just on the phone with an entrepreneur who she's doing a pivot with her company right now. So we're looking at bringing in, you know, strategy and AI driven um, technologies um, to help her, you know, navigate that change to go to market and and really understand where her market's going. She's in the senior care uh, space. And we were telling her and showing her our brand positioning and messaging process and, you know, having that foundation of really clear communication and market position and a foundation of messaging that you can consistently pull from, that was something that she just said, oh, my God, every founder needs this. And I really believe in that, Gary, not just from a standpoint of, you know, I've seen it work over and over and over again. You when you have that clear in position, market position and consistent messaging um, that everyone on the team is leveraging and using, uh, it creates brand and it and it and it even creates culture, right? Because the words that are chosen and the tone and the voice, Right. And the that literally is is, you know, um, indicating culture as well, defining culture for the organization. So, you know, it, it's it's something where I really highly recommend people invest in that process, whether it's at a minimum doing your best to go through it yourself, which is always hard to do or engaging with you know, a consultant or taking a class, but, you know, to, to have that, that consistency is, is really important. It only helps when it comes to, you know, when you're communicating with any of your stakeholders, it could be partners, it could be potential investors. Um, it could be for grants and, you know, banks and other ways of, um, you know, raising capital. Uh, but yeah, that's one of the things that I'm a strong believer in. And, and I always try to encourage entrepreneurs to uh, engage in that process. So, so you've done a lot of the startups. You did uh, AppLift, uh, Ionic. Um, so how is it once you start a company and then coming in as an employee, how does it feel? Yeah, I mean, it, how does it feel when I'm starting a company? You know, when you come into a company, oh. you know, you've got a lot of them that you've you've yeah. started, but yeah. then there's some you come into in a regular management position. How does it feel? I mean, I don't know how it feels for you, but for me, it's constrained, right? I don't like being that constrained. You don't have a lot of decision-making processes. Uh, process sometimes you're not involved in it, or you know, it's political. That how is it for you? Yeah, you know what? It's interesting because I'm definitely like you in terms of, you know, I'm I'm an entrepreneur, um, very much so. And and I love that ride. I love the co-creation process. Um, and I love the ride. However, I actually have found so many ways to be entrepreneurial when you know jumping into a company. Right. And in a lot of these processes that I 
um, that I use when coming into startups, I'll do the same when coming into a large organization. And so, you know, currently we have a lot of middle market and, you know, even pretty significant enterprise um, clients. And, and I think my, our clients really appreciate that entrepreneurial approach, right? And um, well, so at least they can say if it doesn't work, that it's not them. They can blame it on somebody else. Right? That's right. And, and, you know, sometimes you're like vicariously doing work for them. Right. In reality, it's what they want to do, but they have something to blame it on. I remember I'll never forget this one time. This is a senior executive. And uh, he told me, he said, um, uh, I'll support you if you're successful. <laughs> wow. Seriously. Hey. And I'm like, OK, so promise like we have a promise here. This thing is successful. We have a deal, right? A hundred bucks. I said, just so we're on the same page. I just want to make sure. I said, oh, it's going to be successful and I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about it. And it was successful. And I went back and he said, I don't know how the hell you did that. Seriously, but, you know, okay, here's a hundred bucks. So we went out and had a drink and relaxed and that kind of thing. But, you know, part of it is that community. It's not so easy doing a startup because you got the ups and downs and ins and outs, right? All the time you're thinking about how do I find that next customer? How do I raise that next, uh, you know, $10 million, $5 million, whatever it is, how do I raise the money? So, you know, as you went down through it, you've gone down through a lot of companies. By the way, you have the largest CV I've ever seen, 15 pages. <laughs> it's, it's, un, it's unbelievable. You got so much stuff in here. I can't, it's amazing. I've been so, around a little while, Gary. I have. And well, you don't look it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, and obviously I love what I do. I'm crazy about, you know, continually growing and, you know, standing alongside, you know, entrepreneurs and, and people leading movements. Um, and right now I am the most excited I think I've been ever about the marketing profession. And the reason is the technology, because I've always had one foot in technology and the other in marketing. And marketing is having a day right now when it comes to technology, you know? And, you know, just in 2011, there were 150 MarTech tools. Today, there are over 10,000 of them. Wow, and that's great. People don't know how and where and when to navigate all these tools, right? In the Martech stack. And so I love helping people and organizations navigate that. And, and that's for, you know, really any size organization. But the most exciting is all the AI driven tools that we're able to use now where everything is knowable in a lot yeah. of ways. Right. And so, you know, it's it's we're calling it marketing 5.0 where everything's knowable and I can leverage tools that are not creepy. They don't invite invade people's privacy. I haven't been proud being in marketing these last 10 years. It's just been disgusting in a lot of ways, the way people have been profiled and whatnot. And I, and we don't have to use technologies like that, you know, um, we can use those that have, 
you know, that are privacy, respecting people's privacy and that pull in information and, and, you know, and help us understand we're leveraging this technology called topic intelligence that helps us understand what real people care about right now, the topics on a macro scale and a micro scale, and then where to communicate those topics. Like, you know, I may care about sustainability in, you know, um, my computing uh, power. And that is a m macro topic that would play better in, you know, say, you know, uh, public relations or, you know, a medium like that, whereas other topics and smaller, you know, topics along the lines of um, sustainability may play better in social media, for example, as another channel. So we know what to say, who to say it to and where to say it. And we have all the tools to be able to do it. Oh, and one other thing that's super cool is- Oh, we forgot how to say it, right? <laughs> well, no, actually. So another another really cool technology and, and actually the a team that I've worked with um, at Organic um, has launched a company called ZenOps. And you can- you can understand how to communicate with people in an emotionally intelligent way via AI understanding all that's also privacy compliant. So anyway, I'm, I'm excited about, you know, what's happening right now. A lot of changes taking place. That's for sure, Nicole. A lot yeah. of changes. So yeah. I have a question. Why were you in Germany so much? Do you have <laughs> family there? Like I'm looking around, I see Berlin, I see, Actually, yeah. all over Germany. Why were you just like Germany, or what happened? Well, you know what happened is um, I had that favorable exit when I worked with Scoreloop. Um, I worked with a team. That, actually, they were ex Next people wow. and Apple. Uh huh. And um, they started Scoreloop, and um, Scoreloop was funded by a couple of VCs in Germany. And when we had an exit um, in the company, it was you know over seventy million dollars on zero revenue after being in business for less. Wow, than two that's years. amazing. Yeah, and being in business less than two years, the VCs wow. took notice, and they said, "Wow, okay." Um, Nicole, could you look at this portfolio company of mine? Could you look at that portfolio company of mine? Well, it and sounds like consulting opportunities all over the place, right? Yeah, yeah, globally. And I also have done a lot in Turkey as well um, with amazing entrepreneurs there and got to work with the Peak Games team, um, which sold to Zynga for $1.8 billion. Um, and I hope you've got some equity in that one. I did not in that one, um, but the equity that I did get is um, a, an executive team that now continue has come back uh, to work together again. Wow. And um, yeah, so that's been really. So how did you, how did you decide to get all out of that? Uh, I am et cetera and go to Flips Media. Oh well, Flips Media was was another consulting gig. And, and so, you know, it was really helping flips with telling their, their story. Um, and they were doing a, you know, a, a pivot as well. So, you know, so many companies come along and they have this original 
idea of where they're going. And until the, you know, products and services are in play and you really understand the market response, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta be adaptable and ready to change that. And so, you know, that's a lot of times where I, I come in. Well, it's amazing. I mean, you, you, you're all over the place doing this stuff. It's amazing. So you got a lot of experience. So you were at uh, Gleespa. Gleespa, yeah. So you did that. That's yeah. in Berlin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have, are you are you a German by heritage or what? I want me to decide Berlin's the place because I'm looking at it, it's like most of the stuff in the CV is Berlin, right? Um, it's, it, there was a chunk of time, yeah, absolutely, and for quite a long period of time, I was sort of the bridge to Silicon Valley. And I've played that role um, over and over again with VCs and, and entrepreneurs in Germany, Turkey, Mexico. Um, I have a number of clients, a few in, in Singapore. Um, but yeah, Germany, mainly just because there was a lot of innovation happening and a lot of innovation in marketing technology. Right. So, you know, with Glispa, we were we had a performance marketing company and I went I launched the San Francisco office and then ended up going. Who did you launch it for Cisco? Oh, no. The San Francisco office. Uh, San Francisco. I was going to say, oh, my God, here's another one. <laughs> you throw me another curveball. Wow. So you yeah. did Glispa for like two years, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was the CMO and. um we raised um, $77 million, um, to grow and acquire companies. So um, went out and looked at about 150 and acquired four. Um, and I was a part of that, that roll-up, um, which is kind of similar to what I'm doing now in terms of I, I'm doing another roll-up to pull strategy and then these marketing AI technologies together into one um, organization to just really bring AI driven customer acquisition solutions to people. That's amazing what you've done. So you fast forward. So, you know, how did you start working on, um, you know, the female, um, um, you know, uh, I don't want to say femtech, but supporting female entrepreneurs, no matter yeah. where they are, how did you how did you go down through and decide did it happen one day? You just said, oh, I'm going to go down through because there's a lot of female entrepreneurs. They have great ideas. I'm going to help her. What how did what was that process like? Yeah, I mean, part of it was that I looked at my career. It part of it was you know looking at the business climate, and the other part was my personal experience, right? And I have been super fortunate in my career, as you've highlighted. Right. I've worked yeah. with incredible, incredible leaders and entrepreneurs globally in the Silicon Valley. You know, didn't even touch on. I worked for, you know, as a speechwriter for Eric Schmidt back in the day. Oh, my God. And then, and then I got a question for you on Apple. In your Apple days there, did they give you stock in Apple or did with yeah. a stingy like uh, Steve Jobs? Oh, was? Yeah. No, no, no. We I had. I had stock. Yeah. yeah Daniel was telling me they were a little bit uh, closed fisted with it. In fact, he had to get his shares from Steve Wozniak because he didn't want yeah. to give him any. 
Well, I've heard those types of stories, but, you know, by the time I was at Next, um, it was, you know, everybody was really nicely incented. But, you know, to come back to why women in entrepreneurs and, and investing, I, I really, I realized that I had been working with far too many male leaders and helping them raise their profiles. And, you know, women needed this, you know, needed my, my background and skills and experiences, frankly. And so I stepped forward in a very thoughtful way to stand alongside more female leaders, um, whether in organizations. Yeah. And I have a very healthy personal and executive branding um, offering and process. And I'm working with incredible entrepreneurs, Gary. Fran Meyer, actually, the CEO, she was one of the founders of Match.com and Trustee. She ran Trustee. She is the CEO of BabyQuip. She was just in Forbes yesterday. Um, she's a wonderful friend and, 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 and client. And also, um, our fund, How Women Invest, has invested in BabyQuip um, wow. as well. So, yeah, it's... It's really, I, I get a lot of, um, it gives my life a lot of purpose, I would say. And I, one other thing is that I had a health scare. Um, I thought during a significant time that um, I had to chase, you know, cancer away, right? And I looked at my life and I thought, you know, what is really meaningful? That's true. You know, something and you don't get you get a point in your life and you have a health care. I know when I had a health care, too, you start to say what's important. And, you know, the working for another dollar, but making a dent in the universe to be able to help people, to help them live their lives better, be able to get more food so they can feed their families is just really important. You know, uh, we're coming up to the top of the show. Yeah. So uh, closing thoughts. I really appreciate, you know, I could spend another two hours with you. But closing thoughts and, and the words of wisdom for female entrepreneurs, especially during these trying times. So, and then your contact information, you know, LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. I do encourage people to get in touch with me. Um, I, you know, I think we're all, we're in a state of, of, of trauma in a lot of ways in the world right now. And I just want to acknowledge that. And, I want to encourage female executives in particular to be um, networked and resourceful as they possibly can be. Um, there are a lot of women out there like me that are willing to step forward and at minimum point you in the right direction. And so, you know, don't necessarily be closed off to, you know, different funding sources or partnerships or what have you, you know, really join organizations of other female leaders. You know, there's leadership, <coughs> there's how women lead, you know, there's really wonderful women on wealth, these organizations that, you know, can really help catapult you in your career and um, stay resourceful and don't ever forget that we're all in the relationships business. Right. So it's important to invest. I absolutely. like that. We're all in the relationship business. Okay. Thanks for taking time out of busy schedule. And how do people get a hold of you, Nicole? 
Yeah, the best way is to go to our website. It's um, outfront.solutions. So no.com, just www.outfront.solutions. And there you can you know, book, book some time. Another great way to stay in touch is to connect with me on LinkedIn. And I'm just Nicole DeMeo, um, forward slash Nicole DeMeo on LinkedIn. And um, my Outfront Solutions channel has a lot of content. We really try to give back to uh, people and, and entrepreneurs, and especially given that it's Women's History Month, um, we're uh, doing a lot for in support of women and women out front. No, that's great. Well, thanks again for taking your time out of your busy schedule. It's appreciated. And thanks for all my audience all over the world. We're in, we've got the, we're in 55 countries today. We have 127 companies. We believe in AI and dealing with infobesity, quantum computing, metaverse, web three. So reach out. You can reach me, Gary Fowler, GSD. Remember, stay happy, stay safe and stay healthy. Believe in your dreams and they come true, but focus on it. Take care, and we will be back again next Tuesday for another exciting edition of GSD Presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech. And my name is Gary Fowler, and I'm your host. Take care. Thanks, Nicole. It's nice seeing you again. Lovely to be on the show. Thank you, Gary. Good to see you. I love your hat. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.